Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Will you pray with me before we launch into the, the message this morning? I love that lyric, you are not finished with me yet. Wow, God, I, I believe that, I know it. That just fills me with hope. And so my prayer this morning is that that word would bear fruit in my heart right now and in all of our hearts that are watching. Good and gracious God, would you move in our hearts today? Would you give us hearts that are teachable, open, willing to do what you are calling us to do, to become who you are calling us to become? And I pray that the words of my mouth, the meditations of my heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, Jesus. Amen. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. All the king's horses, all the king's men, could not put Humpty back together again. This nursery rhyme, you know it, you've heard it, you've read it, we grew up with it, so many of us. But have you ever asked the question, why? Why could not the king's horses or the king's men put Humpty back together again? I remember hearing Buster Sorey's great communicator say, it's because only the king can put Humpty back together again. I'm not talking about LeBron. Only King Jesus, the King of Kings, can put Humpty back together again. Put you, put me, put us, put our broken world back together again. The government's not going to do it. The king's horses, the king's men. It's Jesus Christ. And that's why we're in this series called COVID Clarity. And we're focusing on Matthew 28, the Great Commission. We're walking through, we're not walking through verse by verse. We're going word by word, phrase by phrase. And this morning we're, we're circling back because there was a couple of words, a little phrase that we skipped over for Church on the Beach. So Jesus talks about all authority. We, we talk about the authority of Jesus, that he's in charge, that his word is the loudest in our life. We talk about all authority has been given to him, heaven and earth. And then he said, Therefore, go make disciples, not better Christians, not go become a better Christian, go make disciples. These are the holy marching orders of the church. And then he says, go make disciples of, and here we are, all nations. And that's where we're landing, all nations, all nations, all nations means what? Everybody, everywhere. Everybody, everywhere. Now, if you're watching this with somebody, would you just turn to them and say that phrase? Just repeat it. Everybody, everywhere. Everybody, everywhere. Everybody, everywhere. That is 
what God is calling and inviting us to, this vision, this grand vision. Every person is on the heart of God. Every person on the planet God cares about. Every person matters to God and therefore must matter to us. Everybody, everyone, everywhere. That word all, go make disciples of all. All means every soul and every square inch of this planet God cares about. God cares about everyone, everywhere, every soul, every square inch. Now, some of you are watching this going, of course, I get it. Yeah, okay, everyone, everywhere, right on, high five. Let's press deeper. That includes... Everyone, everywhere. That includes the mentally ill and those with disabilities, those suffering with depression and dementia, the unborn and all the little ones born into poverty. Everyone, everywhere. It includes single moms and seniors that are shut in and lonely. It includes the Pharisee and the tax collector. Everyone, Everywhere. It includes the sinner and the saint, the Jew and the Gentile, the ones addicted to porn, the ones addicted to gambling, white wine, food, shopping, you name it. Everyone, everywhere, all nations, black, brown, white, Native Americans, immigrants, poor, wealthy, BLM, LGBTQ, ESPN, Everyone, everywhere. Are you getting it? Is it sinking in? Are you soaking in this truth? Go make disciples of all nations. That includes the doubter, the drifter, all nations, all nations, all nations. There's a great quote. I'm going to throw it up on the screen. I love this. If you don't like diversity, you're going to hate heaven. If you don't like diversity, you're going to hate heaven. If you just want to be around everybody that thinks like you and votes like you and, and lives like you, you're going to hate heaven. I love that quote. If you don't like diversity, you are going to hate heaven. Get used to diversity. Embrace it. It helps us grow. It helps us become... That's a discipleship word. It helps us become the mosaic that God dreams for his church to become. And it makes us, as individual followers of Jesus, more spiritually mature because we become more like Jesus. So just listen to this word right now. Jesus' vision to go make disciples of all nations. It's a vision to reach everyone everywhere because every person on this planet needs to be loved loved would you agree with me i mean everybody's saying it you hear it i hear it almost every the world is broken this world is a broken place now why would i say that well here's what i have in my notes this world is filled with the opposite of God's kingdom. God's kingdom vision is not death, hate, violence, abuse, racism, narcissism, materialism, sexism. That's not God's kingdom vision. 
That's a broken world. Human trafficking, kidnapping, torture, rape, murder. These are not the kingdom vision that God, that Jesus has for this world. But here's something I've been thinking about this week. We cannot expect people who don't follow Jesus we can't expect people that don't believe in Jesus, we can't expect people that are far from God and want nothing to do with God to live like Jesus. You just can't expect that. That's one of the reasons this world is broken. But I believe we can expect and should expect Jesus people to live and love like Jesus. And folks, the church is not winning in this moment. Our response to this moment is at best underwhelming. And here's the deal. Jesus people, if you're arrogant in this moment, God's kingdom vision for you is to become humble. Humble. Embrace humility. That's who Jesus is, what he was like. Jesus people, if you're filled with selfishness, it's always your way, my way, you know. God's kingdom vision is to become, it's process, selfless. Jesus, people, if you're, if you're filled with bitterness, God's vision for you is to become forgiving. If you're greedy, God's vision for you is to become generous. If you're mean and angry and petty, God's vision is for you to become gentle and patient. And this is exactly why the church exists, to go make disciples. Not believers, not people that raise their hand and they go, oh, I'm saved. No, you got the first base, but you don't win the game unless you get to home plate. And we have so many Christians stuck on first base thinking, yep, I, I got it. It's all good. It's not all good. The church exists to go make disciples, which means it's all about helping people become more like Jesus. And that's generous, that's humble, that's selfless, that's forgiving, that's gentle, and that's loving. So, are you following me? Really quickly, I'm gonna, I want to walk us through, how do I partner? How do I partner with God and make disciples of all nations? How do I partner? How do you and I partner with God and make disciples of all nations? Everyone, everywhere. Three words. Pray, give, and go. Pray, give, go. Pray, give, go. Pray. Pray for missionaries. Pray for a specific country or continent or region. Pray for church planters and church leaders. Pray for Ocean Hills. Pray for our staff, our board. Pray for each other. Pray for our ministry. Pray for ISI, Tim Nothelfer. He has international students coming to Santa Barbara, UCSB, and they're reaching people that, are, that, that come from other countries. Pray for their ministry. Pray for family and friends who are, are far from God. Pray for your person of peace that we talked about a few weeks ago, that God would use you to make disciples of one other person. Pray, pray, pray. Some of you are going, but does prayer work? My favorite intercessory prayer story comes from Exodus chapter 17. I think I saw it on the screen. Let me read this for us, and I'm going to read it right off the screen. While the people of Israel were still at Rephidim, the warriors of Amalek attacked them. 
And so you have the people of God, and then you have their enemies, the Amalekites. And what happens? Verse 9, Moses commands Joshua, and he says this, Choose some men to go out and fight the army of Amalek for us. Tomorrow, while you're down there fighting the battle, what's Moses doing? Tomorrow, I'll stand at the top of the hill holding the staff of God in my hand. You see that posture? He's holding the staff of God. It's a posture of prayer. It's a posture of crying out to God. It's a posture of praying for the battle, for God's people. So, verse 10, what's it say? Joshua did what Moses had commanded and fought the army of of Amalek. Meanwhile, what was going on? Meanwhile, up on the hill, something was going on. Moses, Aaron, and her climbed to the top of a nearby hill. As long as... As Moses held up the staff in his hand, the Israelites had the advantage. You see that? As long as Moses held the staff, as long as Moses was praying, God's people were advancing. The mission of God was moving forward. The Israelites were winning. But whenever he dropped his hand, whenever he stopped praying, whenever he dropped his hand, the Amalekites gained the advantage. Verse 12. Moses' arms soon became so tired. What did he do? It says, he was so tired, Aaron and her, they found a stone for him to sit on. And then they, Aaron and her, they stood on each side of Moses, holding up his hands. I love that. So his hands held steady until sunset. And as a result, Joshua overwhelmed the army of Amalek in the battle. As a result, God's mission moved forward. The victory was won. God won the victory. Now, do you see the language? When when the people of God are praying, when Moses was praying, God's ways were winning. They were advancing. And when there was no prayer happening, the battle was being lost. Let me ask you a question, men and women. Who are your prayer partners? Who's your Aaron and her? Who's holding up your arms when you get tired? Who are you gathering with to say, let's meet and pray together for our world, for our city, for our church, for our pastors, our staff, for our kids, for our families, for our workplaces. We need to be gathering in little triads. Who's your Aaron, your, your, your her that you're praying with? I love this quote, Matt Batterson. He wrote this. Prayer is picking a fight with the enemy. Prayer is picking a fight with the enemy. It's spiritual warfare. Intercession, that's praying for others, intercession transports us from the sidelines to the front lines. From the sidelines to the front lines without going anywhere. And that is where the battle is won or lost. Are you hearing that? Intercessory prayer. The work of God for us right now is to pray. It's to pray. That's where the battle is won or lost. James 5.16 says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and what? Produces wonderful results. Do we want wonderful results? then let's get on our knees. Let's take that 19-inch journey down on our knees and be a praying church family. Be a, a praying God family. And then Billy Graham. I love this quote. I've used it before. He said there are three things that are absolutely necessary 
for a successful crusade. The first is prayer. The second is prayer. And the third is prayer. Prayer, prayer, prayer. Friends, this is so important. You know it. I know it. But we got to do it. We got to start praying more to see the work of God and the power of God released in the people around us. Here's the second way. So we pray, then we give. Give, yeah, that means money. Give. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, money. Giving, contributing, your financial support. Giving your money is a way that you partner to make disciples of all nations. When you give your money to the work of the local church that's committed to making disciples, you're partnering, you're participating in the Great Commission. Deuteronomy 15 says this, Give generously to Him and do so without a grudging heart. So don't give going, oh, all the church wants is my money. Don't, if, if that's your attitude, don't give your money to the church. Scripture says, though, give generously. Now, don't be a miser. Don't, oh, what, I got any leftovers? Give generously to Him and do so without a grudging heart. Then, because of this, the Lord your God will, what? Bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. When we live open-handed, the blessing of God flows through us. And if God's blessing you, then He's put on you just a blessing to be a blessing to others. And now I just, a couple quick verses. This is just so powerful. Acts 4.37. Barnabas, this is the New Testament, the early church. He sold a field that he owned and he brought the money to the apostles. Whoa, what? Yeah, he sold some land. He sold some real estate. And he brought the money. He didn't build a bigger empire. He brought the money and he said, I'm committed to advancing the mission of Jesus Christ in this world. And I wonder if we have a Barnabas watching today that's saying, you know what? I, I got a piece of property I could sell and give to move the mission forward. I have something I could sell that could move the mission forward. And then look at the next verse, Act, or Luke chapter 8, verse 3. A lot of you don't have this or aren't familiar with it. I love it. Joanna and Susanna, two women. Joanna and Susanna and many others were contributing their own resources to support Jesus and his disciples. I just want to say thank you to those women, those Joannas and Susannas in our church that are giving, those single moms in our church that give generously and sacrificially. I just believe that God uses everyone to give and move the mission forward, to support the work of Jesus. I wrote this in my notes, and I'm just going to read it. Giving your money is not just about making a donation. It's about making a difference. You're not just writing a check, but you're rewriting someone's story for eternity. Do you believe that? When you give your money, you're not just writing a check, but you're actually rewriting someone's spiritual story. Someone's going to know God the Father. A fatherless child's going to grow up and discover that, that he or she has a spiritual father, a heavenly father. Pray, give, and then finally go. Go, go, go. What does that mean? Well, I can tell you what it means for me. It's so much easier for me to go to Ecuador or South Africa than it is down the street to my neighbors. And I just think that the Lord is saying, John, be a light in your own street in your own neighborhood, in your kids' school, 
in your friendship circles. Go, go, go. I love this. The mark of a thriving church is not our seating capacity, but our sending capacity. How many are we actually sending out into our community to go make disciples? It's not about filling the church on Sunday morning. It's about living out our God-given holy marching orders to go make disciples. All right, I'm going to wrap this up by giving you a real practical way to go. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus crucified, dead, buried, rose from the dead, and then he appeared. And in his appearances in the book of Acts chapter 1, it's before he is ascended, he says this to his disciples. You will receive power, and he's saying this to you and me today in 2020. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Everyone, everywhere, everyone, everywhere. Let me just have you think about this verse in a fresh way. It says, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Jerusalem's that most holy, sacred place. It represents your home. It represents your inner circle of family and closest friends. God wants you to make disciples of your kids in your own family. Judea, that was the region where Jerusalem was located. So think broader, wider. That's your neighborhood, your workplace, right? Jerusalem, the close inner circle, family and closest friends. Judea, neighborhoods and workplace. Samaria, that's the place we want to avoid. Why did Jesus have to throw in Samaria? I, I was good with Jerusalem and Judea. And then he throws in Samaria, the place everyone walked around, but Jesus went through. It's the place most of us want to avoid, the place where we least want to go, and the people that we want to avoid. Where is your Samaria? Where is my Samaria? Who are the people that God wants to use us to reach that we're going, oh, not me, God. And right now you might be thinking of someone. And that's where you begin to pray. And you begin to say, God, use me. And so let me close. Because I believe that this message, if we live it, not just hear it, but then we do it. That's what faith is. Not just hearing, but then living it. Pray, give, go. The people of God will pray, give, and go. We're going to change this region. We're going to change this community. And it's just gonna, we're going to change our homes our neighborhoods, our community, our city, our state. It just, that's how it happens. Pray, give, go. So here's your closing COVID clarity question. Pray, give, go. Which of those three are you most resisting and why? And then commit that to prayer and commit that to conversation with whoever you're watching or listening with. Which of those three, pray, give, or go, are you that's the one I need to really grow in. That's the one I'm resisting and avoiding. Why? Talk about it. Pray about it. And then say, God, work in my life. Help me to become a man, a woman who's willing to pray, give, and go. God bless you. Before you re-enter your day, we hope that you will take just a few moments to pause and respond to what God has put on your heart through this message. Thank you again for listening to the Ocean Hills podcast. For access to more sermons, visit the Watch and Listen page on OceanHills.org or find them on the Ocean Hills app.